You're listening to BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. The idea that he was during the summer. So obviously big news for the game this coming week. Let's talk some week nine. We'll jump to some MLB, some futures, and some NBA with Joe Osborne of Oddstar. Joe, thank you for joining us. I guess we could start right away with uh, the Packers and the Chiefs. The line movement is significant, as you would expect. Latest we saw, the Chiefs' eight-and-a-half-point favorites on FanDuel Sportsbook. Joe, um, Rodgers out, we know, for this Sunday. Jordan Love in. Do you think the reaction in terms of the line movement is too much, or is this appropriate for Rodgers out, Jordan Love playing on Sunday? Yeah, I think that's a fair number. I mean, we don't know a whole lot about Jordan Love. you got to consider that uh, Kansas City was a 10.5-point favorite versus uh, the New York Giants on Monday night. So the, the Packers, you know, not the best defense in the league, beat up uh, quite a bit. Now without Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I would say that team is two points better than the Giants. So if you want to do the math that way, I think it's fair. I mean, you still can't trust the Kansas City Chiefs to cover that number outside of a touchdown. Maybe an interesting teaser spot for them, though, at home here. So, um, yeah, we'll just have to see what else unfolds and who else is going to be on the field for them here on Sunday, I guess. Yeah, it's funny, uh, Joe, because uh, not the COVID part, just about the backup quarterback and how many are naturally going to overreact no matter what number is posted mm. in the board. We, we've seen six and a half. It went through the seven. Some had up to eight and a half a few moments ago. But we are coming off the week in which Cooper Rush shocked everyone. Mike White leads the NFL in passing yards. Geno Smith, he's now 8-0 ATS in his last eight starts. So it, it gets to a point like how much is too much? I think in some people's mind when, when you see, oh, Aaron Rodgers is out, it's like, oh, are they're going to be playing without a quarterback. No, they're, they're going to have a quarterback. And Jordan Love, a guy who's been practicing, just not playing, mm-hmm. but practicing in this specific offense for a couple of years now. Yeah, you still have to consider that these backup quarterbacks, sometimes the drop-offs aren't as significant. It's not Aaron Rodgers dropping off to me playing quarterback for them, right? It's still somebody who's top 50 in the whole world at playing the position of quarterback mm-hmm. in the sport of football, right? You know, guys that had a lot of success in college. So I think most people's mind jumps to, you know, it's a complete bum coming in and, you know, they're going to get blown out. But that's probably not the case. That's not fair either. And that's what we've seen so far this season. Joe, there's a lot of numbers and, and lines this week I find really interesting. One, I'm curious your take on it. The Los Angeles Chargers, who I think generally mm. talked positively about this year and how good they are, how good they could be. Staley, Herbert, they're only one-and-a-half-point favorites right now in Philadelphia on Sunday against the Eagles. What do you make of this number? Um, it feels like it's light. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe the Eagles are the right side here. What, what do you think about this game and this number? Chargers only a point-and-a-half favorite against the Eagles. Yeah, I think it's light. I don't think it's a trap. I think it might be a prisoner of the moment type of a situation. We just saw the Eagles come off a game where it's going to be their best win of the season against the Lions, and maybe that's not saying a whole lot. But then we saw the Chargers, you know, uh, a bit of a stinker against the Patriots coming out of their bye. You know, you dig into the stats, though, and the Chargers are middle of the pack in a lot of categories. We know they can't defend against the rush, and that's maybe a bit of a strength. Of the Eagles, but still, um, 
I think that the Chargers should be a favorite of maybe a, a field goal here. So it's not a bad spot to get them there at uh, minus one, minus one and a half. All right. Um, probably the only one more upset with the Dolphins on Sunday may have been you. I mean, we're covering that whole game. I don't know if you bet if you yeah. bet them to, to getting all the points. We're covering that whole no. game, and then and then Josh Allen covers at the very end. And then what do I yeah. see? I see this week your Dolphins are favored at open at around a touchdown. I don't even know. W- would you mess with Miami if you made it this far in a survivor pool going against the Houston Texans? No, unfortunately, I uh, like many am out of my survivor pool because of the Cincinnati Bengals there against the Jets. But uh, no, you can't trust them. Uh, they're one of the worst teams in the NFL. You know, I kind of recognized this a couple of weeks ago. I told my buddy who's a Dolphins fan, I said, you got to group them in with the Jets, the Jaguars, the Lions of the world. And I was shocked to see them open up as a, a seven-point favorite. So no, you can't mess with them. I mean, the offense has been better with Tua, but they still haven't. They've been, what, average at best maybe? The defense has been an enormous letdown. That was their strength last season, and they've absolutely stunk. You know, they gave uh, Xavier Howard uh, a nice raise, and he hasn't really followed through on that. But, no, the Miami Dolphins cannot be trusted, guys, and this is familiar territory for me as a Dolphins fan. And it wouldn't be that bad if they had their draft pick, but that draft pick belongs to the Philadelphia Eagles. And it's kind of funny, you know, how they really messed that up in the draft. They were in a position. They originally had the third overall draft pick where they could have drafted Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts. But then they trade back, and they trade back up, giving that pick to the Eagles so that they could take a wide receiver. Um, and Waddle hasn't been bad, you know, but, uh, you know, it's just uh, buffoonery of the highest order for the Miami Dolphins so far this season. Yeah, that's. I think that's the best way to say it. They, they have bungled their way to buffoonery down in Miami. Joe Osborne of Oddshark with us here. Uh, Joe, what do you make of the Rams-Titans? Seven-and-a-half-point number on Sunday night. Derrick Henry before the Aaron Rodgers news. That was the biggest, you know, injury, a player out story of the week. The Jones fracture in his foot. Nearly at 1,000 yards already this season. Running backs are replaceable. We know how the position works. He's probably the exception or the closest thing to the exception to the rule. How big of a yes. deal is it? And do you think this number is appropriate? Or do you think we're getting some value here on Tennessee because everyone's like, oh, they can't do anything without Derrick Henry. What do you think about this game? Titans, Rams. Uh, I think it's appropriate. Like a lot of people out there, I love the Rams on a teaser inside of a, a field goal. And I, I just think the Rams are a much more complete team here on both sides of the football. You know, the Rams come into this game uh, third overall in yards per play. And they do have a much better defense. The Titans defense still absolutely stinks, despite the fact that they only allowed, what was it, three points to Kansas City a couple weeks ago. Teams can very easily go up and down the field on them, which I do expect the Rams to do here on Sunday night. But yeah, you said it. Henry is the exception here at running back. That offense changes dramatically without him. You know, a lot of pressure on Ryan Tannehill now. And you know, a lot of teams, look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or any Tom Brady running back that he has just picking up scraps from other teams and, you know, plug and play. That's not the case with Henry. He's one of the best players in the NFL, not just the best running back, right? So it will be interesting to see how they respond. But you know, I will 100% have the Rams on a teaser ticket inside of a field goal here. Uh, Joe, before we move on to the NBA, uh, how about the, the rest of this Week 9 card? What are some of your favorite looks that we have not addressed? Uh, a lot of people, when they see these big numbers, uh, big spreads, they look away. But I like the Bills quite a bit, minus 14.5 versus the Jaguars. I think this might be the mismatch of the season. You know, we've seen the Rams 
come off back-to-back games versus the Lions and Texans. But uh, you just dig into the numbers here, and, and everything screams blowout win here for Buffalo. They already have five wins of 15 or more points here so far this season. Net yards per play, first versus 27, third down, second versus 31st. Much better in the red zone. Pressure created, first versus 28. Passing plays of 20-plus yards allowed, first for Buffalo versus 30th for Jacksonville. Um, time of possession, fourth versus 31st, you know, and this isn't a position for Buffalo where it's a look-ahead spot or a trap game. You know, they have the Jets next week. I think it's a spot where they're going to put their foot on the gas and uh, look to blow them out because they are coming off that loss on Monday. Then they didn't really look great versus uh, the Dolphins this past week, you know, until the end of the game where they ended up covering the number. So I'll take the Bills in a blowout. And I also like the Ravens minus five and a half. Versus the Vikings, a couple big edges in this one on the ground. We know Baltimore's great at running the football. Uh, Minnesota is awful at defending the rush so far this season. And the Rams or the Vikings are allowing a lot of pressure. I think Kirk Cousins is going to be in trouble in this one versus a blitz-heavy uh, Baltimore team. So I'll take the Ravens minus five and a half as well. Joe Osborne of Odd Shark here joining us talking about NFL. We could jump to some. Yeah, here, Joe. You had an interesting tweet. I'm curious your research and what you've uh, you've kind of uncovered here. There, there is a perception, I think, among NBA fans, betters, that the team on the back to back, you avoid that team, right? You fade that team. You don't take those guys in props. You don't take that team. They're they're tired, right? They flew in, whatever. Do you think it's an overreaction? What what have you noticed about back to backs? And maybe is there actually some value there we're missing as we're ignoring some of those teams? Yeah, this is my biggest pet peeve in sports betting. You know, you often hear people do a handicap and it's, oh, well, they're in the second game of a back-to-back, so they're going to be tired. What are you talking about? These guys are professional athletes, not hungover slobs playing basketball at the YMCA, right? And the numbers prove it. Last year, if you look at the league as a whole, 17 teams had a winning against a spread record when playing in the second game of a back-to-back. So it is very much a team-by-team and player-by-player situation. Look at Bradley Beal last season. He averaged over 36 points in the second game of a back-to-back, nine different games, guys. So um, some players excel in that spot. Some teams excel in that spot. Some are bad in that spot, right? So it is very much a team-by-team situational type of thing. So it's just a blanket statement that people throw out there, but it's not true. So if you're handicapping a team or player in a back-to-back, see how they've done in that situation because you might yeah. be dead wrong if you're just assuming that they're going to be tired, right? Yeah, I, I think that's a very good point because I, I remember for a while I, I was uh, going against Luca with some of his unders because he was not performing well yes. in some of those back-to-backs. But it's not the case for everyone. So just t- take another step. Take the time to dive into it, right? I mean, that's the overall... For Overall sure. suggestion here, four, four or five, three or four, we see some of those, and those could be some wear and tear spots. Uh, wh- what about tonight in the NBA? What are you thinking for the association? I like the Chicago Bulls here as my favorite wow. underdog of the night here. Where are we at here with my picks? Yeah, they're coming in at uh, plus two uh, versus a very shorthanded 76ers team all of a sudden. No Tobias Harris, no Danny Green. Already know Ben Simmons. We know all too well about that. But the Bulls are better in a lot of key areas so far this season, uh, especially on the defensive end. They rank higher in points allowed per 100 possessions. Uh, opponent effective field goal uh, shooting percentage. Uh, they're creating less turnovers, forcing more turnovers, um, and a big edge from three-point land as well. So I like the Bulls. I think they're undervalued there at plus two. And here's a weird prop for you guys. 
You guys big fans of Franz Wagner at all? Yes. Franz Wagner? Yes. On, of course. Everyone Michigan, is, right? yeah. Michigan. Yeah, you love, love this guy, right? So his point total is at 12 and a half, uh, close to even money versus the Celtics. I like the over on that quite a bit. He's coming off a 28-point game. He's averaging at 15.6 on the season. He's scored at least 13 and five of his last seven games. He leads the Magic and points in the paint. That is a weak spot for the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics have a lot of weak spots, also very bad at defending the three-pointer. He's putting it up quite a bit from three, and the Celtics allowing the most free throw attempts per game in the NBA. So I think he can get a few freebies there. I like uh, Wagner to go over 12 and a half. I like it, Joe. Um, you know, props, uh, over-unders for games. It's been a weird start to the season. Shooting percentages are down. Three-point shooting percentages mm. are down. Uh, how long into a season do you think these things stabilize where you feel like, all right, this is something that's really changed here, or it's been a couple weeks, let's let it ride a little bit. Usually in baseball, it's like 100 at-bats, hundred, you know, sure. a certain amount, you kind of feel like you know. Do, do you have that threat? Are we there in the NBA yet where you kind of know or we're not quite there yet? Um, I think we're getting close. I mean, the first couple games of the season, you're definitely going to see some outliers when you go back and look back on things. Like, I think we've seen James Harden rebound already from the fact that he wasn't getting to the free throw line very much. So he's made some adjustments there. Apparently, they're using a new ball or something, which uh, Paul George was complaining about. That guy's always got a, a, a few excuses, doesn't he? But I typically like using a 10-game sample size as a whole, whether it be, you know, to start a season or throughout the season, you know, peaks and valleys, uh, teams go through slumps, uh, different rotations and stuff as teams figure things out. So I like a 10-game sample size myself. Uh, Joe, I, I had plans to bet on the Blue Jays for the next World Series mm. in 2022. All and right. then I wake up today and I hate these odds. They're 10, 12 to 1, depending where you look. They're the third or fourth favorite. I <laughs> want to bet on them, but it's just something. Listen, man. You'll get better numbers. We saw the Braves at 50 to 1 in August. Uh, what's your reaction when you see Toronto all the way uh, that high on the board? Well, I like it quite a bit as a Blue Jays fan, you know, getting quite a bit of respect, but not from a bank perspective. You know, there's not a whole lot of value there. You know, Toronto, they're a team that is on their way up, and the front office has made no secret about the fact that they're going to look to spend money once again. They've made a couple splashes in free agency the past couple seasons, and they have a couple big free agents of their own that they'll be looking to bring back. So, you know, I like Toronto. you got to figure they're going to get into the playoffs. You, you're assuming that it's going to be an expanded format here next season as well. Uh, but the team I'm looking at here, guys, San Francisco Giants, 18-1, to the team that had the best record in baseball this past season. You know, uh, at, even at the All-Star break, people didn't learn their lesson. People thought they were going to fall off. That did not happen. And this is a team that hasn't been shy about spending money in the past, so I could see them making a bit of a splash in free agency potentially as well. So, yeah, I like the Giants 18 to 1. The Dodgers are completely overvalued once again. Who's, who's betting the Dodgers 5 to 1 to win the World Series? Are you kidding me? And of course, you have the Yankees near the top of the odds board. We know the story there. But yeah, some decent value there with the. With the San Francisco Giants, a team like the Phillies, twenty-eight to one. You know, uh, this is what the third year under Joe Girardi. You got to figure that you know they're going to break through at some point. That's not the toughest division in the world, so uh, maybe the Phillies, twenty-eight to one, not a bad sleeper spot. That was Joe Osborne on the Roman Guest Line. Get a free online evaluation, ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort of privacy of your home. Go to getroman.com/slash/beckyl now to get fifteen dollars off your first month. That's getroman.com/slash/beckyl. Lightning bets next, right here on the Beckyl Network.